0: Hey everyone, it's Louisa Munson, and this is my very first Feel Good Conversation. So welcome here today. Now with the Feel Good Conversations, the whole idea is just to have a good old chin wag and ask a few questions of some really cool guests um, with a real feel for uplifting content, refreshing content, anything to do with raising consciousness. So this whole show is about sharing ideas and thoughts and answering questions all about consciousness so I guess I should introduce my first guest and I'm really delighted to have him on because it's somebody that I actually know I know him personally I've met him a few times worked with him quite a few times we work with each other he's like my go-to energy healer um, this guy um, I'm I first met him remotely when he was based in New York he's now based in Lisbon in Portugal. Though he works internationally um, via the medium of the internet and a phone call, <laughs> he is an intuitive energy healer. And what he believes is that um, our lives and our experiences are all completely woven into our energetic matrix. So for instance, all the things that happen to us on a day by day level, um, they they, can't, they come into us and they interact with our actual primal energy systems. And my guest can actually sense and see and feel those energy systems in place. And so he can notice that, you know, as we move through life, we often pick up blockages along the way when we've had experiences or changed our beliefs about ourselves. And so he can see where our energy is constricted in places. And so what he's able to do with clients is to talk them through it really gently, how to release their own energy Um, blockages and how to work with it and how to realign it, how to re-energize the energy system for each client that he works with. So it's absolutely my pleasure to um, bring on Mr. Scott Clover. Uh, Like I said, he's an international intuitive energy healer. He's also a good pal and he's a really great person to listen to. He's got a great story. So let's go meet him now, shall we? So it's my great pleasure to welcome on Scott Clover. Scott, how are you? It's been a while. Uh, It's been a while.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm well, thanks.
0: I was just um, thinking, last time we actually spoke, we were um, talking about energy systems, in particular, my energy systems, and there has been a big shift in those already. So I just want to thank you before we actually get going. So for for, um, the audience here today, I would really like to first zero in on how you first realized your ability to see, feel, and work with energy?
1: Sure. So uh, I call myself an intuitive energy healer. Uh, mm-hmm. And because of that, I, I, I name myself that because I see and sense energy patterns in and around people's bodies, in their yep. fields, in their auric fields, um, in their ancestral patterns, or maybe their past life patterns. So energy to me is just a series of patterns, you know, working cohesively or working sort of against each other. And yep. when I notice that they're working against each other and I can see that in somebody's body, then I um, have ways to help people clear those out. Uh-huh. Somatic ways, I use a lot of metaphor, things like that. So uh, in terms of me seeing energy, I sense it more. Sometimes oh, okay. I see the, the client in like a uh, a hologram. Mm-hmm. A lot of intuitive healers, especially when they start, they feel it in their own bodies. Yeah. And they say, oh, I feel it in my X, Y, Z. And now do you feel that in yours? Mm -hmm. That's helpful, but it can be very detrimental to the receiver of that information. So if you are seeing three, four, five clients a day or or 10 a week, you're taking on the 10 people's energies to tell them their story. So a lot of times for me, I'll just make it a hologram. And then it's easier for me to remain um, distant from it, like removed from it and as well objective. Right. Right? So if if sometimes if, if a healer feels it in their body, then they have to process their wound from that era in their psyche and then process someone else's. So if, if you see it as a hologram or the way I I try to do it and that doesn't happen all the time, sometimes I still feel it in my body. Mm -hmm. Um, but the large amount of times I prefer to see it as a hologram and that came with years of, of practice and study. So, uh, I've been doing this about seven years, Mm -hmm. uh, I came out as, as an intuitive about 11 years ago, maybe more. Um, yeah. And that was a bit brutal coming out in middle age, having suppressed it my whole <laughs> life. Not it's my whole fun. life. I was, I was a very intuitive child.
0: Uh huh. Tell me about how you, how did you know that you could do that? Or, you know, how did you know to out yourself as an intuitive?
1: Well, it, it became undeniable. After after a while. So I was a very intuitive kid around eleven or twelve when most kids turn theirs off because societal pressure. <laughs> I actually made a choice. I remember the day in the hallway in my middle school saying, Oh, you know, my peers are ostracizing me or my teachers and the principals think I'm a little weird because I sense things or I see patterns or I and it wasn't that obvious back then, but there were just things about me and things that I knew that I shouldn't have known through just normal channels. And so I started feeling ostracized and I could sense that. And I just said, well, whatever's making me different in that realm, I'm gonna shut it down. And I did, and I did a really good job um, up until I couldn't hold it in any longer. And it was pointed out to me in midlife, in my late thirties that um, Oh, you know, what kind of psychic are you? And I said, oh, I'm total denial. I'm not psychic. I don't want to know anything about it. Um, and I really was in denial. I had made spurs, you know, tr- small in- uh, interviews or, or looked into it for 15 minutes every couple years and then got shy about it and went back away from it. And in my process of, of figuring it out these last decade or so, um, I realized that it's a family pattern. So my father... His father, uh, they were also very intuitive. I think my grandfather, who drank every single day of his life, um, I think he was just trying to quiet it down and because mm. there were no words for it in 1910. Yeah. Um, and then ultimately, I think my father resented it because it took his father away. So it was really um, not heralded in my family. Even my extended relatives sort of know that something's going on, but no one ever talks about it. And so I'm the first person in my family to really not only talk about it, but embrace it and then utilize it for, in my case, a profession. But yeah. uh my profession is to help people feel better. So I, I kind of like the fact that I've utilized it for that. And that was a decision I made. Um knowing a little bit more about my abilities back uh when I first started thinking, oh, I should, I should make a career out of this, I knew that I was channeling energy for healing. It was just very apparent. The things that in my training classes, it always turned into some sort of healing or or energy therapy session. Um, Whereas the other people around me were giving psychic readings. And that's not what was coming to me. What was coming to me were blockages or expansion potentials. And so I took that and, and really catered my studies to that. And I studied for years. I flew all over the country, met with masters, with people I really respected. Um, some self-taught, a lot of, as I said, uh, going through with other people who've been doing this for years. And then ultimately I started my practice six or seven mm-hmm. years ago. And it's been going really well. Yeah.
0: Of course, because your work is so good. Um- <laughs> Actually, I, I think a lot of um, intuitives can be quite self-styled because they know where to find the right people to hook up with, don't they? They tend to just find their own path and it might not be a very straight, easy path. <laughs> it often has quite a few twists and turns, but w- we often know where to get our information and our training from, who to trust in it. Um Um, I've often found um, with my astrology sometimes, like when I've tried to do things formally, um, it it just doesn't kind of feel right. But then all of a sudden something will be triggered in me and I'll know where and how to research it just the right time. Um, So did you become your first energetic client, really? Because you must have had a hell of a blockage in your energy system, having held back um, the reality of who you were, being an intuitive. You must have... You must have had yourself tied up in energetic knots, right?
1: Uh, Well, a lot of denial. Um, (laughs) A lot of what ultimately became sort of a perceived judgment or a boogeyman of judgment that I don't know where it would have come from, but it was definitely there. And now looking back, I'm like, oh, I pretty much know where it came from. And that was society not understanding. Or, you know, in my case, being told I was being disingenuous or lying as a child. Oh. Because I knew something oh, I shouldn't know, mm. that can be a real mind bend um, mm. for kids, intuitive children who just just know something's happening in their in their household, and then they they tattle, but they're not tattling; they're just telling what they see. Mm. And so, uh, kids that go through that—that that wasn't my case—but kids that are acted upon as if they're being, you know, tattling. That can have a big impact. Um, of, there you go. There's one um, <laughs> of suppressing. Oh shoot! I yeah. got in trouble for something that's I'm naturally inclined to do. It must not be good, or it must be bad, and that's a three or four or five year old making that mm-hmm. assumption. And then it just becomes sort of rotted in and rusted in place until we intervene on it. We get out the WD-40 and the wrenches, and we really try to un- unrust and get that uh those areas of ourselves back in in working order
0: yeah so um i like um your introduction of the tools that you use and and the things that you see the idea of the wrench or you know get rid of the rust how how do you start to work with a client you know when when somebody wants to work with you what's the first thing you do
1: so uh, generally, I ask them just basic questions about where they grew up, their family, how many people in their family. And just by getting those answers, their body, to me, sort of lights up in certain ways and says, oh, there's a block here. Or there's an issue with the sister or the grandmother is mm-hmm. still causing some strife, even though she may have passed on. And that comes just by asking, you know, maybe 10 basic, basic questions. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I say to the client, OK, what do you want to do? Do you, are you bringing something to the session today to say, oh, I'm, you know, struggling with my divorce or I'm, uh, I want a better job or I, you know, I don't speak my truth or I don't speak my mind or my throat chakras closed down, whatever they want to bring to the table, then we can work directly on that and where the root is. Mm. The other thing I say is, okay, if you just want me to read, scan your energy field and find what I call the largest elephant in the room. And I generally find a a large energy coagulation or stagnation in the field, and then we talk about it. And I have ways of helping them expunge them for themselves. So uh, there's certain somatic technologies that I use. I use a lot of metaphor, Um, as you know, because we've worked together. Yeah. I will make it very specific to your situation. It's not something I'm pulling out of the air. It's it's something rooted in, in what you're going through. And that metaphor will probably mean a lot more to you than it actually means to me.
0: Yeah. Well, it's yeah. funny. I remember um, the very first session we had together, because um, it's like two intuitives working together. <laughs> As I um, closed my eyes and was breathing, all of a sudden I saw you in the room with me. Um, so you know, whilst you were scanning me at a distance, I actually felt you in the room watching me, and it was all all of it was quite a shock for me. It, I, I guess um, at some level we were working in similar fields, and actually that's something that um, um, I I noticed when you were talking then about how you work with people. You were saying you were listening to the client, but what I was also hearing is you're also listening to the body, aren't you? The body's talking to you or the energy field of the body's talking and you can hear it.
1: Well, I wouldn't use that exact terminology,
0: but yes. What I would say
1: is, is I, the, the body sort of lights up, uh, architectural yeah, an architectural diagram presents itself in front of me Uh and then I'm drawn, I'm actually drawn to a part of the body. And then I start to ask questions. Why is that there? What age? Was there an accident that caused some misunderstanding in the family? Yeah. Was there a physical accident? You know, for a lot of traumatized children, it's because they were thrown in the dentist chair at five and not told anything and then given drugs and put under and come back out and something's missing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That happened to my dad, actually. Um, he was telling me just recently that um, he was thrown in the dentist chair, knocked out. Um, and when he woke up, all his teeth had been removed, which was a um a, a treatment at the time in the 1950s or whatever um you know because his teeth weren't growing through strong I mm-hmm. think that's shocking I can't believe anyone would do that to anybody no, well one it's, a-
1: it's horrific in hindsight of what we understand yeah. about you know permission and uh, boundaries and things like that that yeah. we know now in in the 2020s yeah. yeah it's horrific to think back then that that was happening but yeah. those are the traumas that people just are expected to move on from and their bodies are are petrified and to some degree, sometimes in inaction.
0: Yeah. Yes. Oh, that really links in. I was having a conversation with, um, um a guy who set up a nonprofit, um, to do with helping people as they're going into operations and coming out of it. So he works with, um, breath and, mm-hmm. and mindfulness and stuff. So there's a lot of parallels, um, Though um, I I recognise you as the intuitive and he's doing it from a slightly scientific perspective. Um, Not that yours isn't science, by the way, but you are obviously following um, what you see and hear and feel and what the body shows you. But one thing that he said was that um, um, the sites where... um, a trauma i.e an operation might take place the sight on that body holds on to the energy and it holds on to the thoughts and feelings of the person that's having it but also it all it seems to pick up the energy of the person doing the operation as well um so i guess where you are um seeing people and working with people who've had sort of trauma or um actual operations and things you must be able to to sense all of this captured in what you see
1: Yes, I wouldn't say I capture all of it. I I capture enough to be informed on how to help. Yeah, because of the 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 potential of my prowess, like because my satellite dish is so large, Mm. and because I shut it down for all those years, Mm. I have a really strong muscular aperture to open and close it.
0: Right. So I don't
1: leave it open too long, so I don't get, I don't sunburn my brain. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and I don't,
1: and I don't shut it down, and to the point that I don't get any information. Yes, meaning because of the way I grew up, meaning I, I locked it in a, away in a box for so long, and 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 had that strengthening muscle to close it off. Because yeah. I did that, it probably saved my psyche. A lot of yeah. the the healers and things I've worked with over the la- last decade or so were like, "Whoa, you know, if you would have let express this in your whole adult life." you probably would have been institutionalized by you know american or or societal standards because it would have gotten away from me mm. and and because i kept it so close to myself or closed down i now have the ability to make sure it doesn't go away so i keep my intuition on a leash if you will yeah and that's because of the way i grew up but it also protects me now as a practitioner yeah so i'm i don't i strive to not pick up everything i only want to pick up the pertinent things because yes. everything else is extraneous and everything else becomes tedious to me to receive and then I it, the message might get diluted or lost
0: mm. so that makes yeah. sense yeah yeah and because
1: I'm, I'm saying to the person who I'm working with I, our goal together our shared intention healing and community is to help you feel better then I want the information I receive to to, to be in the paradigm of helping that person feel better yeah. Anything else very- to me is not necessary in the moment. And it's also meaning in my spare time, I don't go to the beach all day and sit around and be psychic.
0: Yeah. I, I really
1: <laughs> close it down because I want to utilize it for when it's necessary.
0: Yeah, so you can go and have a normal life as well. I not just a normal
1: life, but I can continue doing this without a lot of mental and physical strain.
0: Yeah, that's brilliant. Because um, actually I know uh, a lot of psychics can't do that. <laughs> a lot Correct. of people can really can't do that. And I've struggled that with myself. <laughs> um, so the the focus that we're gonna um, have for today um, is about life, love and liberty, which I think is a lovely title, which you came up with. And I think you said this is this is the theme of the moment. Um, so I'm guessing that's been coming up with you and your clients. So what, what I want to ask is, how do you notice these energy systems, you know, in your clients? The the energy systems of life, love, or liberty. Is it the lack of them that is it the need of them that you're spotting, or I don't know. Just talk to me about it. Yeah, <laughs> a
1: lot of a lot of my work, my clients have have dubbed me the energetic plumber over the years because
0: uh-huh. yeah.
1: I really help people expunge things that are blocked in their systems.
0: Yes, yes.
1: And so what I've been seeing or sensing is. Um, every couple months or so a new pattern comes out that that i see repeatedly in my clients that they want to work on as well mm-hmm. their system says oh i want to work on this and then i see that repeated in my work over the course of weeks or months and in these last couple months i have repeatedly said with 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 my in my client work life love and liberty mm-hmm. and and how do you relate to those three things and how do those three things relate to each other in relationship to you and how you're living Let's. I'll give you an example. Ch- yeah. Change the order of those three words. Give me. Give me a different order of those three words.
0: Okay, liberty, love, life.
1: Right. And so, in your case, it would be something to the effect of you're looking for self liberation. Mm-hmm. Right. To love the life that you are leading. Mm-hmm. There's that a lot of good. yeah constrictions out there, governmental, the, you know, uh, where we live, you and I has been really imposed a lot of shutdowns Mm. that we can't even, we're not even supposed to go outside where we live for months and months on end now. And so you're craving that liberation to love your life again. Yeah. That would just be a microcosm of how those three words interlink And the placement of those three words when I work with a client, I ask them to put them in order, just randomly, but it's not really random. Um, Mm -hmm. Their brain puts them in certain order, and then we work through where their their hoses are kinked energetically Mm -hmm. to supply more chi or life force to those areas in their lives. And -hmm. if you look at life, love, and liberty as a triangle, and you toggle those words around, then we can find the direction or the flow of the energy to help them feel more liberated so they can love their life more. Wow, or they I can live that. more, so they can feel liberated, which then they will love more
0: mm-hmm. Wow, I'd never thought about the distinction of that because to me, the three um words just seem kind of synonymous with each other because for me life is uh, a life of freedom and for me life is about love because you know when I look around everything that's living it's an expression of love that's how I see it anyway Um, that's your
1: mandala you were asking about different energy patterns and different intuitives and things how would you you
0: put I was how do you see those having been locked down for months as well (laughs) what's your
1: take on those um my take is uh yeah, liberation of the life force is is the way I would personally take it. Liberating of the life force, meaning I now get paid to do something that I really adore doing. Mm-hmm. So I'm very grateful to be able to have honed these abilities that I have that historically yeah. were very detrimental in my family or perceived detrimentally to me now being able to encourage not only my clients, but other people. I have a podcast where I talk about a lot of the things that I would want to have heard about trying to understand what's, what was happening to me all those years ago.
0: Yeah.
1: When my intuition came back with a vengeance, I, I seeked out, I looked for a lot of different resources. And so I'm trying to compile a lot of what I learned in these, these podcasts that I give, because I want other people to feel like they're not alone.
0: Mm -hmm. So um, how do people find your podcast then? Tell me a bit more about that. Oh, so it's there- called
1: the Intuitive Energy Podcast. It's on Apple, Spotify, a bunch of the other services. Um, the Intuitive Energy Podcast, and as I said, I just I talk about things that I think I would have wanted to have heard someone talk about. Yeah. Um, and not in isolation. I talk about varying things, not just the chakras. Um, mm-hmm. But I talk about things that I do personally as an energy practitioner to protect myself. Yeah. You know, one thing that if people out there are sensitive to them, their their energies, they can get some witch hazel and lavender oil mm-hmm. and put it in a glass spray bottle, just a bottle of witch hazel with a couple, 15 drops of lavender oil. And just spray it on your hands and put it on your neck or behind your ears, and it really can calm down, especially if you're a practitioner with your hands or Reiki or one of those. Um, even with you picking up all that psychic energy from your work, um, yeah. that witch hazel is, is a nice psychic astringent. Um, mm-hmm. That would just be one of the, the, the tips. But there's a lot of that stuff that I had to learn along the way as an energy-sensitive person to make me feel more stable and stay stable so I can keep working with my clients in the way that I do.
0: Mm. So who are most of your clients, Scott? How do they – You know, who are they? Where do they come from?
1: <laughs> I don't advertise, so it's word of mouth. Um,
0: yep.
1: It's mostly all referrals. And mm-hmm. it's such a varying degree. I have 20-somethings up into people in their 70s releasing energy blockages of, you know, maligning things that happen to them. You know, a 70-year-old that is still releasing some sexual trauma from their childhood, that's, a, that's an amazing thing to behold. Mm-hmm. Um, the liberation of that for people, that they can love their life again. And, mm-hmm. and, and one of the aspects of that love-life-liberty is forgiveness not just forgiving someone who perpetrated something against you, but forgiving yourself, whether you fell victim to something or you feel the victim of of someone else's atrocities, forgive yourself for feeling that and then move on. Find some gratitude and then love will be able to be accessible again.
0: Yeah, I love that. Yeah, well, I can absolutely, um, you know, testify to your amazing skills because every time we have had a session together, something has shifted really palpably um in particular with my business I'm very cautious about having um a consultation with you because I have to absolutely be ready for the shift
1: (laughs) so after
0: the the first two shifts I had they literally happened within a day or two of each other um and so I remember thinking about another session and I was thinking I'm not ready yet because I don't have the energy for that shift um so (laughs) so then it's like right it's time to like speak with scott now um yeah i've i've noticed profound shifts each time and i've I've been taken on quite trippy voyages as well um because i'm so intuitive as well so i've had an out-of-body experience with you and all sorts of different things so yes you are rather good
1: yeah thank you (laughs) thank you very much i would say the lion's share of my clients are fellow intuitives who may not have understood it in themselves or are practicing intuitives that just need their own help and guidance, um, which I believe we all do. I mean, I get acupuncture every week to make sure that I align my body energies the way I like to do it. Um, But I think of ourselves as mandalas, mandalas of energy. And we all are different. All of ours have different Colors facets like a stained glass window and when intuition comes through my personal your personal mandala, then we receive information in that way. And no two mandalas are the same. That doesn't mean that two intuitives can be similar to one another, but the information and the type of information that people pick up is very individualistic. And that's OK. So a lot of my clients come to find me after talk therapy, for example, and are like, oh, like you speak my language. Like, what, I why haven't I been doing this for years?
0: And so they switch over
1: from a therapy standpoint to more of an energy standpoint. Yeah. And then there's other people who are empathic and don't know how to deal with it or very creative and their creativity is stifled. Those those clients I really like to work with. Mm-hmm. And then the other cornerstone of my practice is is trauma release and um, PTSD things like that, either childhood trauma, preverbal trauma that gets stuck in the body, or anything you know from the age on. And, and that's where the intuition comes in. So you, the client can say, "Oh, I'm I'm feeling blocked at work because of this." And what mm-hmm. I'll actually see is a contraction at eight years old when you were bullied, for example. Bullying is a is a prime example of something that gets trapped in the body and and can't can't get unstuck without some intervention.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I, I can see that. Um, when you were talking about um, you have a lot of intuitives that yeah. that, sense that maybe something's blocked in them. Do do you do you think that um, the more intuitive you are, possibly, the more you notice sort of energy blockages or something not being right is it like the most the people with the most freest energetic patterns do you think they notice when something's wrong first or um i guess what i'm trying to say is like are people in stuck systems able to recognize that they're in a stuck system
1: no i would say habitually no yeah and i've been getting this image these last couple days of you know, imagine getting, playing chase with like a child in a large car park that has those those big pillars and the, the child's on one side and you're on the other and you run left, they run right, you run right, they run left. And so you never catch up to each other. Yeah. A lot of our subconscious is is placing these hindrances or this, this obfuscation energy that it's always in the corner of your eye, but you can't see it. You know there's something wrong, but you can't put your finger on it.
0: Mm-hmm
1: and and it's that obfuscation of that game of hide and seek that that uh, people come and see me for because I'm the one that can go behind that that wily energy and say hey, just stop let's observe you yeah and in in that observation then 55% of the healing's already happening because before a session you may not have even seen it so you don't know what's wrong it's like going to the doctor and saying fix me i'm i'm ill why what's wrong i don't know well the doctor won't be able to do that
0: No, but the intuitive can.
1: Well, the intuitive, in my case, can call it out and then I guide you to do the healing work. Yeah. Yeah. I think I find the efficacy of that that lasts longer. It's more palpable to the client Mm. than if I just sit and say, okay, I'm going to take this energy out of your body. I'd rather guide you in, in certain specific and metaphorical ways to do it because it becomes real to you. You felt it happen in your body, not just me extricating it energetically. Cause then it might have a, it might come back without your intervention. So the sitters, the the person I'm sitting with, I'm more inclined to encourage and embolden them to clean it out for themselves because then it's more real and the experience is, is not deniable the next day.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um... So given that you're guiding people on how to um, clean out their own energy, what what practical steps could people take right now if they're listening into this um, broadcast? You know, what what steps could they take right now to create some ease or to create a feeling of life, love, and liberty?
1: Sure. I think the easiest one would be, and you can do this alone by just listening to this or doing it afterwards, is if you close your eyes – And you bring your awareness, you can do it now if you want, and just, it's very simple and people have been doing this for eons, but you just close your eyes and you feel the difference of the skins of the bottom of your feet and the socks you're wearing or the carpet you're on or the floor you're on. Just feel that connection of the bottom of the the skin of your feet to whatever it's touching. Yeah. And then from from there, engage your childhood imagination. Where creation and imagination meet, and create large tree roots burrowing Mm -hmm. out the bottom of your feet through the floorboards. Yeah. Through the structure you're in, and really imagine those roots connecting to the earth. Ooh, there, you just did it. (laughs) Yeah. And then the, the simplistic way about this is do a body scan, just scan your energy body. And if you've got tension in your shoulders or if you've got a a lower hip issue or a knee issue, take that energy and and send it down your body into the root system, into the earth, and send it away from you. Decide to separate from it. Make the choice that you're draining it out into the roots. Yeah. Yeah, take a breath. And I use the word choice here, and choice is the the guardian of choice, archetypically speaking, um, is the saboteur energy. How do we sabotage ourselves by making choices for other people instead of ourselves first? Now, I'm not advocating becoming selfish for people who aren't selfish, but at least advocate for your own energies. Yeah. Put yourself on the top three of your list at some point and and see what it's like to be up there. Yeah. And you were talking about body energies earlier and and you were gesticulating a lot around your breasts.
0: And and one of
1: the... You, you, when you were going, you were gesticulating like this, and My and so are not
0: very active because I'm still nursing. Exactly, you're still nursing.
1: <laughs> exactly. So one of the things I do for like empty nesters, mm-hmm. uh, mothers, for example, who've, who've kids are seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, and are leaving the house or later, um, is we get them to reincorporate their breast energy back into their body, because oh, you wow. said you know the person interacting with that energy. Well, how many of your children have nuzzled and, and drank out of your breasts over the years? And so there's right. an exercise I, yeah, three, for you three, um, there's an exercise I do for women who've, who've passed breastfeeding or empty nesters to get them to reincorporate their breast energy, their feminine hood, if you will, back mm-hmm. into their body. So it self presents one as one unit, not two wow. separate units. So they reclaim their breast energy because it was utilitarian for so long or yes. what seemed like so long for them. <laughs>
0: yes, yes, I, I will be um, calling on you for that exercise for sure.
1: <laughs> so that really would work. be an example of, of how energy is somewhat universal for people mm-hmm. in that that's something a lot of mothers go through is this separation yeah. of, of your mammalian or breast, breast energy to your mm-hmm. body.
0: Is there a male equivalent of that? How does that work? You know, like for empty nested men, do men contact you about that?
1: Um, Men contact me more for not being able to express that they're energetic beings. Right. Middle-aged men who work as plumbers or accountants or electricians call and say, I've got stuff going on in my body or I pick up the senses of my coworkers and, and can you help me understand it? Or um, some people have like, I want to change my profession or I want to do something, men, and they'll have a layer of fear, subcutaneous, that they hold like right underneath their bodies, right underneath their skin. And that actually blocks them from moving forward. And that's just our machismo society claiming that men have to be in a certain paradigm or else they're not worthy. yeah And, And so that can be a real mind meld or mind bend for men as well.
0: Sure. Yeah, I can imagine. Oh, I'm feeling um, really relaxed, actually, from um, rooting myself there. Um, And I I did go into a little thing whilst I was listening to you. I felt like the sunlight coming on my leaves because I obviously became a beautiful tree (laughs) and it felt really great. Um, So thank you very much for that. Um, where, Where do you think energy work is going now, you know, on planet Earth? You know, like, do do you think the kind of work you do is is ever going to? I mean, it might already be integrated into some form of um, medicine, but do you do you see where it might lead? Do you think it might be something that people learn about at school or?
1: So, yeah. intuition. Those are two. I think a couple of different questions. In different yeah, parts sorry. of the world. <laughs> You it's know different parts of the, different parts of the world experience intuition differently like in in England, for example, it's much more accepted and common to talk about it than it is in america in america yeah. it's it's it behind closed doors and hush hush, whereas there's even some schools that teach it in wow. in in the british isles so uh it's a little more open over there In different parts of the world it's really closed down um and if you look at that historically or, and, um, from an energetic pad- pattern, a lot of it is if you had a past life of being in somewhat of an intuitive, you were burned at the stake as a witch or you were ostracized or you, you have dreams of yourself being murdered as a man or the opposite sex of what you're actually in because of something happened that you were a heretic. And so that energy is still palpable for people like us I would say if if it's a repeating life pattern. That's one thing. But it it's coming out of the shell for one and one of the things is talking about it openly. Mm. If if you look at uh different uh societal waves the the gay community started mm-hmm. talking and saying we're out we're here. And just mm-hmm. in 30, 40 years, we now have gay marriage. Yeah. Right? So if intuitives start to bond together, because most of the intuitives I know sit in their house by themselves and don't interact with many people.
0: Well, yeah, a lot of them are empaths. And so they they find interacting with other people a bit troublesome, don't they?
1: <laughs> they can, exactly. And so that's an issue in that there's there's not yeah. a lot of first chakra tribe bonding in the energy community, because we're all, not all of us, I, I try to strive and meet others in my in my field um, and still go outside and have social outings when it's permissible. Yeah. Um, but that comes to, I don't want to be a 24-7 psychic. I don't want to be an intuitive 24-7. I want to utilize it for good and then live my life on my off hours.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but where is it going? It's going to more people like us talking, bonding together, creating a first chakra tribe and then other people gleaning onto that tribe and creating a density. Mm-hmm. And once that density then holds enough individuals talking about it realistically and pragmatically and and not dogmatically, I, that's something personally as I, I don't deal with dogma very well. I wasn't raised with it. And when I started seeing energy patterns, energy pattern doesn't have a lot of... Um, reason to attach to dogma. A dogma has a lot of reason to attach to energy patterns, right. but not the other way around. And so I'm very practical in my work. I'm not dogmatic. And I'm hoping that more people out in the, the burgeoning community will will take on to that. Dee Wallace, she's a, a famous actress. She was ET's mom, right. um, yeah, she, she talks about energy. Them. She's great. Yeah. She was one of the resources I used when I first started introducing myself to this. Um, Mm -hmm. But she has a book out with a co-worker called It's Just Energy, Mm -hmm. something like that. And it is. It's just energy working, flowing or not flowing, Mm -hmm. vibrating or not vibrating, um, either higher or lower. And that tells a story. And then you find someone that helps you filter that story into your own life and make a metaphor, as I said, or an analogy to help you understand it from an energetic level, then you observe it and Mm -hmm. that's when the healing begins. Yeah. But that healing should be coupled with self-esteem. If you want the healing, if you observe a pattern, as I said, that's 55% of the issue, you Mm -hmm. still got 45% of the way to go. Yeah. And a lot of part, a lot of easier ways that you can glean that 45% is to engage your self-esteem let go of the judgment of you and others from your childhood and and from your current life and whatever, stop judging other people. And hopefully that boomerang won't come back and hit you in the head. Mm. And then you're going to find some (laughs) self-esteem and that's where the healing lies.
0: I love that. Um, What I'm, what I'm hearing from you is that you are practical you know, that, that is, it has to be practical. It has to lead to some kind of resolution or outcome or a step in the right direction. And I love what you were saying about people coming together, um, tribes. You know, I'm, I'm aware of lots of intuitive tribes, but they really meet at the intellectual, like you were saying, at the sort of dogma level, you know, and, and less so at the very um, root chakra, you know, the actual sort of physical bonding um so what i'm really hearing is this this kind of need to uh, almost bridge what comes through intuitively with the reality on earth you know the sort of combination of um bringing the light into the density or raising the density i don't know which way it works exactly um would you would you say that's kind of how you work in in being practical and
1: Graham. Yeah, and, and and whimsical as well. I'm also very <laughs> whimsical in my work. I don't. I'm not a robot, right? I, we okay. we laugh sometimes. We giggle, um, and that's part of the metaphor work. That's yeah. part of describing and using imagination in the yeah. energy work.
0: I seem to recall some um, multicolored unicorn. Glitter gel. I was in a session with you. And I actually gave the idea of that, um, that glitter gel to one of my friends who loves unicorns. And she uses it on herself all the time.
1: (laughs) Yeah. If you can create it in your imagination, then it's being created on some varying aspects of this realm that we live in. And if two people share that imagination or that metaphor, that makes it more concrete and more real. Yeah. That's that healing and community tribe thing I'm talking about. Yeah. The more intuitives and the more people that work in these fields get together and stop judging each other for what they don't do and accepting each other for what they do do, yes. um, then this movement that you were referring to earlier is going to uh, get a lot stronger footing faster. Mm. But to be clear, the, the powers that be, the energy blanket that, that covers our society does not want that to happen. Whether yes, that's that. <laughs> whether that's on purpose or just because it goes against the natural flow, that's for you to decide. Um,
0: I've made my decision on that one.
1: <laughs> oh, I know you have. <laughs> and that's why I say go back to the individual. Go back to yourself right. and live appropriately. Mm-hmm. And, and the way you see life through love and liberty, and that's, that's the desirous vibration, then maybe yeah. your neighbor will pick up on that a little bit. Or maybe somebody that listens to this will pick up and say, oh, I want to be a little more like that. Mm. Then there's a shared bond of sharing a higher vibrational uh, lattice, if you will. Mm. And then from that lattice, we can start to build vines and community.
0: Love it. Um, I'm going to start wrapping this up. I've got three more questions for you, if that's okay. okay. Um I want to get a bit creative in this one. Um, You were talking about the energetic blanket that might be over humanity. I'd like to ask you what energy does Gaia have or like the earth, whatever you want to call the earth. Um, If you're reading energy, if you can see the energy in in humans as they present themselves, can you read the energy of Gaia? What's, what's, What's there at the moment?
1: I can. And I think you asked me this last year too. I choose not to. <laughs> oh, no, that's okay. um there are friends of mine that mm-hmm. go and sit on a satellite or they go and sit on Mars and moon and look down at the Earth and watch it breathe. Um, yeah. I have done that, but it takes a lot out of me. Well, I don't know if it takes a lot out of me, but it's not something I want to utilize my skill set for because I want to utilize it during my client work.
0: Yes yeah, sure. and
1: so it's not a scapegoating answer. Yes, I can do that. I choose not to
0: okay.
1: Because the one little guy perceiving it, I don't feel like me perceiving it is going to have that much of effect. But if I can concentrate that energy and utilize it to help an individual or seven or ten individuals, then those seven or ten healed or, or more individuals that are holding more self-esteem, that will multiply out. So I yeah. choose to do it like from the uh, exponential side of helping yeah. ten people a week then those 10 people feel better, so they don't get mad at 10 other people. So there's more of a radiation or, or um, uh, like a puddle dropping out, rippling mm. effect, if you will.
0: Yeah. I think that's a great answer. <laughs> that's an amazing answer. Okay, so um, if someone listening in right now is thinking, wow, Scott sounds rather excellent, <laughs> I'd like to work with him. Okay. What's the for them to connect with you
1: oh uh my website is my name scottclover.com there's uh the podcast they can listen to to understand a little bit more of my perspective where i'm coming from um i don't talk so much about somatics in that in that i consider myself a somatic healer Mm -hmm. somatics is in your body. Yeah. So I'm an intuitive energy healer, but a lot of the somatic technologies that I work with in my client work, I don't talk about on the podcast, for example, because they're very individualistic. It's it's like that session we just did with you or anyone that was listening. Um, instead of you doing the body scan and releasing that energy into the earth, I would do the body scan on your behalf and tell you where you were very coagulated and whether that coagulation, you're hiding from it because it's too fearful to face. Yeah. Alone. Well, then you face it with me. It's like cleaning your closet. No one wants to clean your closet by yourself. You invite a friend over, you get a bottle of wine or some chocolate and you invite your friend over and you, you know, have your friend and you help each other clean a closet. It's so much easier to do that than it is to do it sitting in this, this closet and overwhelming you by yourself that you just end up not cleaning it out.
0: Okay, cool. Okay, so last question then. What one last thought would you like people to take from this conversation? If there's one thing that you thought could be of of use to people, what would that last thought be?
1: So, uh, going back to the theme of life, love, and liberty, or liberty, life, and love, however you want to see it for yourself.
0: Or love, liberty, life.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Well, it's going to tell us the way you place it in your mind or on a piece of paper, you can make a a, like a Mad Lib and make a connection story to see where your blockage is if you do that. Wow. But I would say in regards of that trifecta, the life, love and liberty, notice where you judge others. Notice where the judgment of others from childhood and currently, if you live in a very tight-knit community or a cul-de-sac that has to have hedges a certain height.
0: Curtains twitching.
1: Yeah, exactly. Then notice how that judgment is affecting you Mm. because you're going to notice it's probably not uh, advantageous to hold on to judging others and to, to hold on to the judgment of others and when yes. you figure out where that judgment those those judgment bonds are made and you can weaken them then life love and liberty is a lot better of an exercise or an easier exercise to do
0: awesome thank you thank you so much for joining us today um, yeah i really loved it i always love chatting with you thank you so much scott
1: it's my pleasure anytime happy to help
0: <laughs> catch you another time
1: yeah Bye. Thanks. Thanks, everybody.
0: (laughs) Cheers, everyone. Oh, my God, that was amazing. So I've just spent the last sort of 10 minutes having a good old chat with Scott as well and just catching up. And, um, yeah, I really enjoy his energy. Um, I was just telling him about how my life has changed um, since my last reading because – or the last time I worked with him. So we were actually going to record this last week and um, he wasn't feeling so good. And so he turned the tables on me and said, look, come on, you know, I don't feel up to an interview, but let's, let's, let's work on you, Louisa. So um, I explained to him that I was feeling really kind of um, troubled in, in finding a place to live. Uh, I I haven't seemed to have found a home. And, um, and, you know, my need to feel really settled has has just got stronger and stronger and stronger. And I've got three small children, a lovely husband. We've got two dogs and eight chickens. And and I really, really want to find a place where I can grow my own vegetables and, and really feel like I can settle and not have anything kind of disturb me and um, disturb my flow. And um, he put me through a very simple exercise I just went through earlier in this show. And um, obviously other things showed up um and two days later we got a phone call from somebody almost begging us to come and have a look at this house um and we're moving in in two weeks so i was just sharing that with him so his work is really good um i can absolutely advocate for it um yeah. And so I just want to thank you really for joining us today. Um, if you've enjoyed listening to Scott, um, don't forget you've got his podcast that you can find. If you um, type in the Intuitive Energy Podcast, you should find that on Apple and also on Spotify. Remember, you can also go to his website, which is www.scottclover.com. Uh, so you can make a connection with him. If you've enjoyed this chat and want to hear more, then please do subscribe to this channel. Um, you can always use um, the handle Louisa Tanner Munson or Feel Good Astrology and you should be able to find my work but these Feel Good conversations are going to be released at least once a week every Sunday with um, a potential of there being an extra Thursday one because at the moment I'm recording so much we've got so many more conversations to come but anyway thank you so much for your energy for your love for your time today lots of love please do feel free to share and comment and yeah, get in touch if we can be of any help whatsoever lots of love to you. Bye for now.